0: Welcome into another episode of the eSports Network podcast, presented, of course, by eSports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and I am so excited about today's podcast. I am joined by TSM's Apex Legends teams. They recently won the X Games Apex Legends Invitational, and we are going to cover uh, that event being at the X Games, being an X Games medal winner, uh, the Apex Legends meta battle royale Scoring and a whole bunch more so reps imperial how and Albert Lelly, Thank you so much for joining me No problem.
1: Pleasure yep. to be here
0: So we're gonna cover like I said a whole lot of different topics here, but I wanted to start with the X games What was it like being at that extreme sports competition as an esports competitor?
1: Uh, it was pretty crazy. Like it was surreal um, it was my first main competition my first land event I've ever been to, so the emotions were high. Uh, there's a lot of stress. We weren't sure like how we were gonna do. We were hoping that we'd do really well, obviously, but you never know going into your first event. So there's a lot of tent, a lot of thing on the, a lot of things on the line, you know.
0: Um, you can't really uh, get a better outcome than having your first <laughs> event be at a major ESPN competition and win it. So congratulations to you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. So from the rest of the team, you guys are at this main traditional sports competition. What was it like being surrounded by so many extreme sports competitors and what did they think about esports? I'm always curious what, you know, traditional sports athletes are, how they view esports.
2: Um, We didn't really get to talk to a lot of the, actually we did. There was a lot of people that actually walked up to us that were, I don't know if they were competitors, but they were they were in the players lounge. So there were some people that came up to us like personally and asked us like, "What you know, what are we competing in? And we told them like, you know, we're in a, you know, competing in a video game tournament and they seem like, you know, they were all cool about it. Like they, you know, they welcomed us. So
0: that was, that was great to see. That's awesome. It feels, I mean, if they're in the players lounge, let's just assume they were players. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a lot of the support, For esports, you know, you you always hear the traditional sports fans who are like, esports aren't sports, and they do that. But from the actual players, you don't hear a ton of that. It seems like there's a lot of mutual respect.
2: Oh, of course. Like, there's always respect. Like, we haven't... I don't think there's ever been... Like, I've been in the, like, esports industry for, like, you know, at least two years. So I haven't been, like, ever really, like, disrespected by other people, like, outside the industry or, or in the industry. So, you know... It's been good so far.
1: I think a lot of people are really excited to see eSports, you know, becoming something and having these big events and everything.
0: Yeah, I I think so as well. ESports is, especially for the younger people in traditional (laughs) sports world, you know, everyone's playing video games now. And so I think it definitely comes from an older generation. You might not understand the grind that it takes. You see it on the news broadcasts of people well, I guess I'm going to start playing Fortnite and make the Fortnite World Cup. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're not.
1: Unless you want to be putting in 12-hour days like the rest of us, then not going to happen. Exactly. For some reason, people still,
0: they don't see it as the work that it really is. Like what you said, 12-hour days. What is your guys' grind, your day-to-day grind look like?
1: So day-to-day, we're usually uh-huh. grinding scrims for, you know, three to five hours, depending on how long they go. Then, you know, we have to stream after that for, you know, four to six hours. So generally, we're we're playing every day for eight hours minimum. But usually it's like eight to twelve.
0: And so is that streaming mandated by TSM or is that something you guys choose to do on top of your scrims and other things? It's both. 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 Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, streaming is is so important, especially building up a fan base uh, with other people. You sort of need to be on Twitch or I guess Mixer now uh, <laughs> to to connect with your audience.
1: Yeah, and we love streaming on Twitch too because we, you know, we get to connect with all our fans and build our own individual fan bases, as well as see all the people that are fans of TSM. Like the people that came in after we won the event in our streams were it was awesome. There's so many cool people, the new people that came from. No, they didn't even watch Apex before, but they're fans of TSM, you know, and they support us, still. That's
0: awesome. What's it like being part of an organization that has, you know, been around for for so long and has those established fan bases? Is it really cool to be part of something bigger than yourselves? Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely good to be
2: a part of just a massive org, because then you've always got support, regardless of what happens, usually, unless, like, you get dropped, of course, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> well yeah that's that's yeah. not ideal but luckily i don't think any guys are in danger of that after that win but like in regards of the question it's
2: just you know when when you have like a good org or a big org when you succeed you succeed like even more than what you got like you know you win a tournament but then after that you get like so much stream support you know just like an in, in like every area like social media twitch just it's, it's great you know Like you gotta, even though, you know, you can be on a low tier org and you can win, but being on TSM, you just get like the double amount of success. Yeah, They've got like what,
0: 2 million Twitter followers. So yeah, I think I just saw they cropped 2 million today. Yeah, exactly. That's that's incredible. So yeah, you have that huge audience. And when they tweet about that, I'm sure your, your streams get a immediate bump up. Your follower counts get a bump up. It's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Ever since being in TSM, all of our streams have grown like a thousand percent crazy.
0: Very cool. So what um, Imperial Howl, I know you were H1Z1. Am I correct on that one? Yes. Uh, so what were you guys all doing before Apex? Uh, H1Z1 from Imperial Howl reps, you said that was your first main event. So you really start with Apex now?
1: Yeah, I started in Apex that just going to college and playing games for fun
0: cool what moment did you have where you were like hey wait i can do this and this can be a big thing for me i mean apex only been out what seven months now so you know your your moment a year ago at this time were you did you think professional gamer was a possibility
1: um no not at all basically when apex came out i just i just really enjoyed playing the game first off so i just kept grinding it and then i got into all the scrims and everything and then i started doing a lot of tournaments because there was tons of kill race tournaments and i was like well i'm actually making decent money in the game so let's just see if i can make it pro and i just put all my time into it and then it finally paid off when tsm picked me up
0: very cool and i want to talk about apex legends in general so i'll turn to you uh, imperial Hal. uh Talking, coming from H1Z1 to Apex, what differentiates Apex from the rest of the Battle Royale tiles? Obviously, they all have their little uh, differences, but what makes Apex stand out in your mind? Uh, I would say what it makes stand out compared
2: to other Battle Royales is probably the Legends. Uh, there's no other Battle Royale that has, you know, like classes or Legends, you know, certain characters that have certain abilities. You know, Fortnite doesn't have that, H1 doesn't have that. So and it also like it has that like sci-fi aspect that you know other battle royales don't have either. So it's kind of like it's kind of like Overwatch but at a, a battle royale basically. Um and it's really heavy on team play which it's it's kind of like H1 but it's just um there's instead of 5 uh players there's 3 players uh, and there's a lot there's a lot more RNG in Apex compared to H1. H1 had like very little dif- uh, like difference in loot. There was just like basic guns and stuff like that. But this game has, you know, attachments, armor, stuff like that. So mainly it's just the characters I would say is the biggest difference
0: between Fortnite and PUBG and all those other battle royals. Definitely. So on the RNG front, how important do you enjoy having some RNG? Obviously, it's a delicate balance there. You don't want the entire game to be random but sometimes a little bit too structured gameplay can get a little boring so where does how much rng is the right amount of rng uh
2: i think i think apex has the right amount of rng um because the game has you know you can still outplay your opponent even if even though you're you know out outlooted basically like if someone you know i have white armor and they have purple you can still outplay them because of your abilities if the game didn't have abilities then loot would be like a big problem but like you know it's just the rng is bad but it's it adds a different uh say element to the game that you know it helps it helps the viewers they you know they like watching that you know see players you know win fights when they shouldn't be and stuff like that so It's, you know, it's a balance. It's good to have RNG, but not too much of it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's always going to be a part of any Battle Royale title. It's just the nature of a BR, and it's all about how, as a game, you can manipulate it so it's not the most important thing. Fortnite has really struggled with that over the past year, and right now, in fact, with the mechs, just, I mean, Fortnite esports are its own total, total mess, but... (laughs) Mm -hmm that's that's what the battle royale scene looks like a little bit it's really hard to get to a you know solid competition format in br just due to the the nature of the game itself
2: if there wasn't if there wasn't rng then like every every single game in battle royale would be the same like you would you know it would it would just be a repeat if the rng didn't exist then it wouldn't be the battle royale wouldn't be you know battle royale
0: yeah, when you look at RNG at a Battle Royale, it's just one part of it, and one of the main challenges in creating a good Battle Royale esport. And I think the other big challenge that some places have struggled with is the scoring system. And I guess Apex and Fortnite have sort of settled on a sort of similar scoring system, which is each elimination is one point, and then placements are worth a certain amount of points after. At X Games, I believe first was 12, second was nine points and so on down to 11 through 15th is one point and 16 through 20th is zero points. How do you guys feel about that scoring system? Do you think it's the, the best Battle Royale scoring system we can get or is there some way you would change it if you had control?
1: Um, what I would do to change the scoring system would be to put more emphasis on placement. I think 12 points is far too little for you know getting first place and then I think second place is like nine points. And then third, what was third? Like seven? Seven. seven so like usually there's usually there's like five to eight teams alive at the end. So if like, if you're getting you know, third place and you're only getting seven points when you have to fight that many teams in the final zone, I don't think it's fair. I I think the placement should definitely be worth like maybe like twenty points for first place, something like that. And then, you know, you just go down from there. Definitely a, a bit more emphasis on placement. Keep the kills at one.
0: Those top places are so hard that people should be rewarded more for making it in, like, the top half of teams or the top five. Oh, yeah. Versus somebody gets eliminated in 15th. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. What about you, Imperial Hal? Where, where do you stand on the court system? Yeah. I agree, but
2: I don't think we should. I think twenty points is too. I think we should just raise it like fifteen for a win. Like just increase it by a little bit because twelve kills. That's what four teams wipes. Because usually when you fight a team, you you usually just kill them all, right? Mm. So like as soon as you fight, that's three kills guaranteed, which is what that's a one fourth of a win. I'm pretty sure three six nine twelve. Yeah, one fourth of a win, just wiping one team, which I don't think it's it's good because it's just the kills, you're guaranteed three kills as soon as you fight a team. So inc- probably increase it by like three points to like 15 or like th- add three points to every uh like first, second, third, etc. Um Yeah, I'd probably go yeah, from yeah, like 15 to
1: 12 to, to 10 to like nine, eight, you know, down like that. Yeah. That'd be good.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Maybe have some better uh, brackets with, you know, third through sixth I'll get nine points or whatever it is or
1: something like that yeah
0: mm-hmm. interesting um imperial how you're actually the the first h1z1 player i've ever talked to and i'm curious because i really enjoyed uh the h1z1 pro league scoring system for battle royale with the multipliers mm-hmm. how did you feel about yeah. that scoring system did you like it do you think it's something that other battle royales could adopt uh i think it's good it just
2: I, I don't know i i feel like it might be good but at the same time i don't know for sure because my team didn't do that well so we weren't like we didn't we weren't like you know experienced with the top five points or whatever like the multiplier so but i think it does go it does work well because it it like rewards you for getting top five like as you you know go up you multiply the amount of points with your kills like it you know, i think it really like it does help a lot um I, I think it should be implemented or tried at least you know i don't i haven't seen anybody else try it except pro league and I, I think it went well
0: i thought i mean h1 had plenty of issues that we're not going to get into here but it the scoring system to me felt like something that may actually have been really uh, ahead of its time and for people who aren't familiar mm-hmm. the scoring system worked by Giving you get one point per kill, which is pretty standard at this point. But then instead of having a placement points, it was a placement multiplier. So you finish first, but you only get one kill, which is impossible because you have teams of five. But say you uh say you get five kills, you finish first, you get a two times multiplier, you get ten points. But a team that finishes yeah. sixth and gets fifteen kills has, you know, some sort of multiplier, they'd have more points than you, even though you finish first. So that is how the h one and Pro League did it, and then they did it in a table that updated throughout the season. But just the multiplier basis is a nice way of balancing, okay, do I go for this kill here? Is this worth those points, or is the multiplier going to be more important to us here? And it's a conversation that, you know, it does happen in Apex and Fortnite teams, but it feels a little more impactful with that multiplier. I don't know, that's just from an outsider's perspective. I've never played these games professionally, so if I'm entirely off base, just let me know. Yeah, yeah. The opinion,
2: the opinion was right. Like, like we said before, it just goes hand in hand. Like, you get rewarded, and the game didn't have revive, so like you were, you were basically forced to play passive. Like, because there was no revive, you you can die in two bullets in H one. So like that placement multiplier is just it just helped. Like it just go, it went hand in hand. Like with the playstyle of everybody, and you know just the the points in
0: general. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I was just deferring to you guys, because I'm out here talking about, well, I think this works great, and then I'm not a pro gamer or a pro Battle Royale player, so I was like, maybe I'm completely missing something that actually happens while they're playing these games, so I wanted to defer to you guys, so I'm not just like, this is how it should be, when I have literally zero expertise in the matter.
1: Yeah, I never played H1, but I agree.
0: So, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about on the Apex Legends front was the current meta. And that's one of the best parts of having the different legends is that now you can sort of, and we see this in Overwatch League, all the games that have individual classes, is you sort of evolve those over time to help keep the meta interesting. Can you lay out what the meta looks like right now for people who aren't familiar with Apex Legends uh, Pro Scene? And then maybe how you'd hope it would change in the future if there are some changes you'd like to see.
1: So... The competitive meta in Apex right now, 100%, every team will always have a Wraith no matter what, because Wraith is by far the best character in the game. She has a get-out-of-jail-free card with her Q, she has a portal to teleport her whole team to any position, so she's a must-have. And then Watson is probably the second best character in competitive, because of the fences you can hold down an area, her ulti stops grenades, it regens your shields, so... The Watson ulti helps you get through the through the early game, like when you don't have a lot of shields because you can just regen. And then the third character is a bit up for grabs. Uh, Pathfinder seems to be the overall like general consensus character that like, everyone wants to go to. Because he can like position his team with the zip line, he can grapple, he can scan and get the zone knowledge. But I've also seen pathfinder swapped out with like lifeline and caustic too it just really depends but what i'd like to see would be uh, a lot more variety in the characters because if you look at the the x games tournament almost every team was running pathfinder watson and wraith so having a variety would be really cool to watch as a spectator
0: how do you start promoting a variety? It seems like most games have this problem. Overwatch League was really struggling this with the with the being a very defined meta, and anything outside of it just being, you know, bad generally. How can a game be able to promote that diversity of a meta while still making it fair and balanced? It's it's really tough, right?
1: It is really tough to balance a game with a class system with, like, characters, you know, that all do different things. Um, The biggest thing, I would say, would have to be the hitbox sizes. When you have, like, characters with different hitbox sizes, it really messes up with the balance. But um, to fix that, you know, they got to either change hitbox sizes or, you know, buff characters, nerf characters in ways that don't make them overpowered, don't make them, you know, must-picks, don't make them never-picked, it's, it's a really hard balance, you know. Yeah, I think Overwatch
0: does a decent job of doing that with their patch notes. And it's like, okay, the damage is up just slightly because anything too much and it can totally throw off what a character is good at. So they do very incremental changes and see how it affects it. But also that has the effect of sometimes they make a change and it does absolutely nothing. And game communities can get a little restless when one class is dominating so much over and over and over again so from a design perspective they really have a very tough challenge to keep their players good and interesting while also not you know ruining the meta completely
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah 100 would you hope i don't know if respawn or ea has ever contacted you but are they talking to pro players whatsoever about any changes they might want to see in the meta like do you guys have a voice at all in that
1: so at the X Games event, we were able to talk to some people and we have like contacts with them, but we're we're going to shoot them ideas and see, you know, if they want to talk about it, you know, see what they think about our ideas. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Interesting. I think that's
0: the best thing. A uh, Like right now you have Epic Games who are not doing that at all. In fact, yeah. they are willfully and purposely ignoring Fortnite players. So the fact that just they're they're open to it and they're reaching out to you guys is, I think, a good sign. Is that's, I mean, y'all know the meta and what changes would impact it better than just about anybody else.
1: Yeah, it really seems like Respawn wants to see this game succeed. Like they really want to have a, a thriving competitive community. It feels like at least.
0: That's fantastic. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit on this last topic, and it is something a little more. We've been talking very Apex Legends, the game. Well, the broadcast itself went into political territory a couple of days ago. We're recording this on August 12th, and over the last weekend, ESPN announced that TSM's win, which was scheduled to be aired either last weekend or this upcoming one, is going to be delayed because of recent shootings in Dayton and El Paso, Texas and they decided that now isn't the right time to air a you know a video game competition that has guns even though it is sci-fi based as you mentioned earlier. This isn't CS:GO or even Call of Duty. There's quite a bit of fantasy element in Apex Legends. Was that a little bit disappointing for you guys to have your broadcast, there's your win, but then you know, people aren't going to be able to see it until October now?
1: Well, first off, our hearts go out to everybody affected in those shootings, and we think it was horrible. But um, it, it does kind of suck to not be able to see it because a lot of our family members were looking forward to watching that.
0: No, I, again, a condolence, or yes, our hearts go out to every single person who was affected by those horrible shootings. Uh, it was terrible, but somehow the conversation immediately went to video games. Once again, it was because Call of Duty was mentioned in one of the one like crazy ramblings of literally a deranged human being. Um, and then video games get pushed back, and now. It's actually having an effect as, you know, it's it's happened on both sides of the aisle. Trump was very vocal about going for video games, but Joe Biden also had a quote about how they need to look into video games as well. So it's really, it's politics are now taking aim at video games as a reason for these for these shootings. And that feels really off base. And the research supports that that is totally incorrect. Video games don't have... Any they've they've never been tied to uh, aggression or violent tendencies, and multiple studies have shown that. So it feels a little it, it's it's sad because you guys obviously did nothing wrong, and video games have no problem. But somehow now, video games are still being punished for something that they had no part in. You know, you can't broadcast yeah. your competition. Walmart's taking down posters. That's that just kind of sucks a little bit, right?
1: It does suck for us, especially because, you know, people are putting this bad stigma on video games when for us, video games have been life changing. Like video games are how we make our money. They're what bring us happiness. You know, it's our career. You know what I mean? And for someone to like blame our career on violence, it it does hurt.
0: Yeah, I mean it's we're we're talking about fantasy games, and this is where some some people draw the line. But Apex Legends is very clearly not rooted in reality. Like, yeah, it is. It is not clearly like very obviously. If this is a problem, so is every like Guardians of the Galaxy and all this other. Like, we have the Marvels. It, it just feels like for some reason video games are being used as the scapegoat when it makes really no sense i guess yeah, yeah i agree this
2: is how it is They, it's just how it is they they find something to like you know blame it on
0: and it's unfortunately a video game so it is what it is yeah well i would uh this is normally the part in the podcast where i would tell you guys uh, to go check out the the broadcast of them but that'll be in october and i'll try to add a Uh, a note in a future podcast around the time that broadcast is going to go live um to have people watch this this competition but yeah they are i mean the the suspense is ruined a little bit as well here Uh, it's pretty obvious who wins the competition i guess but Mm -hmm. yeah it'll still be good to see the actual broadcast finally reach television it's sad that it was uh delayed for this reason that just doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, I agree. Well yeah, you can check that out um in October for now. TSM's Apex Legends team, they are gold medal winners at the X Games. That's gotta is that still a little bit surreal for you guys? Gold medal winners at the X Games? Oh yeah.
1: It is definitely surreal. Like the whole like everything still doesn't feel real, you know? It's been a week, and it still is so weird to me.
0: That's got to be crazy. I mean, you watched that growing up, and it's like BMX tricks, and now you guys are there competing and winning the whole event.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying.
0: That's fantastic. It's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on this podcast. I want to give you a chance. Plug your Twitch streams, your Twitter accounts, uh, whatever you guys got going on. Thank you so much for joining me. The mic is yours.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having us, Mitch. Um my Twitter is twitter.com slash TSM underscore reps. Uh same with my Twitch, twitch.tv slash TSM underscore reps. Thank you guys if you check it out.
2: Yeah, my uh Twitch and Twitter are the same. It's TSM underscore Imperial Hell.
0: Does TSM have you uh have you put TSM in front of your name? Is that like a requirement? Uh no.
1: No, uh, it's, no it's not no, required but it's definitely something that's like well to me i think it's cool beneficial i I just like representing it's definitely beneficial and i just like representing it like i think it's sick i I, I
0: would do the exact same thing i was just wondering because all three of you have it i was wondering if it was like something they mandate or if i would totally do the same thing i'm part of team solomon thank you very much i want everyone to know that (laughs) yeah exactly yeah
1: you want everyone to know it
0: well that's fantastic uh Thank you so much. That was mostly reps at Imperial Hall. Albert Lully had a couple audio issues, but he was here listening the whole time, giving his teammates some shit in the the text (laughs) chat, which was just great. I love that. Uh, This is the first group of esports players I had on this podcast, which is we've done a lot of more business executives, uh, like developers. So it was really awesome talking to some of the players who are actually, you know, the driving force behind the eSports community, and you know, I thought this podcast went great. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was a good time.
0: Awesome. Well, like I said, I will plug them, their broadcast again, in a future eSports Network podcast, closer to the date when you can actually watch them win that competition. Uh, But for now, guys, take it easy and go check out their Twitch streams and tell them the eSports Network podcast sent you. I hope that some people actually... (laughs) That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I would love if, uh, yeah, go for our listeners, go support these guys. They're awesome guys. And they're some of the best Apex Legends players in the world. So if you're looking for more Apex entertainment out there, this is where you can find it.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: That's all for this podcast, everyone. Tune back in later this week. We've got some more awesome episodes coming to you, including talking about the Farming Simulator League. That is, yes, a real esports thing. What? Yeah. That's John Deere's involved, like it's an actual esports league. So we got that coming up later this week on the Esports Network podcast. Uh, For now, this was Apex Legends with TSM. Hope you enjoyed.